Do you want to become a better hockey player this summer with Paul Vincent Hockey? Since 1972, Paul Vincent, currently the head skills instructor of the Florida Panthers, has been developing NHL and college hockey players. Paul Vincent stands by his saying, there is always room for player development. Players such as Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Matt Grizzlick, Patrick Sharp, Adam Oates, and many more have trained with Coach Vincent and his staff and have outstanding results. Join Paul Vincent this summer at one of his four Massachusetts locations, Canton, Saugus, Middleton, and Falmouth on Cape Cod. Registration is now open for 2022 camps. To reserve your spot today, go to pvhockey.com or call 978-807-4070. That's pvhockey.com or call 978-807-4070. Paul Vincent is ready to get back to work this summer. Are you? Welcome to New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise Podcast, the podcast for serious hockey players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their hockey careers. And now, here is your host, New England Hockey Journal's Kirk Ludicky. Welcome to New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise Podcast. I am your host, Kirk Ludicky. I am joined by New England Hockey Journal senior analyst, Jeff Cox, good friend, Subject matter expert on all things hockey in the region, and uh, let's hey let's let's hit it, Jeff. Welcome uh, welcome to the studio here in Milton. It's great to have you again back for your our second podcast together. Yeah, thanks, Kirk. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. This is a great time of the year with prep school and mass high school and everything else starting the playoff crunch. So excited to talk about it. Yeah, this particular episode we are going to focus on prep hockey uh, we're going to look at the uh, the end of the season here as as we get down to the final home stretch and teams are vying for supremacy and we're going to talk about the contenders uh, guys you know teams that, that, that we've both been watching all season that we feel like are have a chance to to come away with the elite I guess the elite eight championship at the at the end of it yeah, I think just you know quickly not to bore bore people but just the the elite eight is uh the pre- premier tournament in prep school hockey. It's the top eight, regar- regardless of whether you're in the small school or large school. Um, and then there's a, a large school championship, which is uh, the top eight large school teams after after the Elite Eight decided. And then there's a eight team small school tournament as well. So three different trophies up for grabs the first weekend of March. Yeah, and I, and I I just I'm looking at it, Jeff, and I'm saying, where did the time go? I mean, it just seems like yesterday we were writing up previews yeah. and, 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 and you were doing your very first power rankings of, yeah. the, of the season, and here we are now down toward the end. Yeah, when you, when you get down to it, it's a, it's a short season. It, it starts November, mid-November, end of November for some teams, and it's over by the, the first weekend of March. So, you know, it's, when you're only playing 20 to 30 games, depending on which school you're at, you don't have a lot of room for error, which is, you know, I think a, a key talking point once we get into talking about who the contenders are for the Elite Eight because in such a short season, you, you can't you can't have too many hiccups. It's like college football where you, you lose one game, two games, and your chance at a national championship or, in this case, a prep school Elite Eight is over. Right. That's why we're going to talk about them, but Salisbury is going to be, you know, is such an interesting story to follow. It is for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also want to just get it out of the way up front. You know, we, we're, 
we're coming off of our first season since the pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and last year we didn't have a prep hockey right. season. So what have just, what has been your general thoughts on, on how the schedule has gone? Yes, we had some cancellations right. and some postponements, but you know, we've, we've yeah. still for the most part managed to, to be able to see games. That's a good right. thing. I, you know, I, I think there's a, a lot to be said for some of the coaches out there that have charged on and made sure their players were able to play in games. They're, parents and other fans were able to go to those games you know a couple schools took the easy road and um but you know kudos to there's a bunch of guys but i think carl corzini at st mark's has done a great job they've played they kept playing they, they've allowed spectators the whole time there, there's others um you know, i think of cushing right you know, yeah. making that making that event happen especially right. when teams were dropping out left and yeah. right and uh you know john gardner at avon he he even got them games last year salisbury andrew will um you know, I, I think there weren't very many prep school games played last year. Dexter, da- uh, Danny Donato at Dexter is another one. So, just it's it's great for the the coaches that were able to keep keep it going and make sure the kids had as close to normal of a season as possible. Yeah, that's the big point, right? Because we sometimes we forget. We talk about okay. You know, you want to be safe, this and that. We we get all of that, uh, but then you think about the real cost it has on right. these student athletes and they not being able to play what that does to them right for sure let's get right to it jeff let's um let's talk about you know what are you seeing right now as we're we're nearing the end of the of the prep season and playoffs are right around the corner but what are you what are you seeing you know writ large like key a couple of key trends that you've noticed here emerge in the last couple of weeks and uh what has caught your attention most recently and in, in, in your in your viewings of the of prep hockey well, I think the the real key takeaway for me is there's two way there there's a way to win in prep school hockey. It's having depth and having older guys. Um, you you don't win consistently with a bunch of o sixes, o sevens, o fives. You know, like Brunswick's a good example. They're they're a great team. They have possibly more Division One players on that on that roster than any other team in prep school hockey. But it's mostly o fives, o sixes. You know, a couple of fours, one late oh three, and Hank Cleves, but they, they've had some impressive stretches. But they've also had some bumps in the road along the way. I think when you look at Kimball Union, Avon, and Belmont Hill, which to me have been the three best teams all year, they're older and they're deep. Um, y- you win with older guys in prep school hockey for the most part. Right. And who are some of those older guys that have been really have stood out to you in terms of? You know, you talk about those teams in particular, guys that have really because that's the expectation. If you're going to go older, then they better be productive, right? They better be coming in and, and, and playing a lot of minutes if they're defensemen, right. producing yeah. at, at both ends of the of the rink and things like that. Like who are who are some of those guys that have really caught your attention? Well, to me, to me, it's a you know I, I want to talk more in depth about these three teams, but I look at Avon Old Farms. Connor Callahan is an 03 goaltender. Because of the pandemic, he came back, and he, he, he's doing a postgraduate year at Avon. Um, they obviously have postgraduates, but for the most part, it's not guys that have already been there for a couple of years. Um, he came back, and he's a good goaltender, I think, because he's an 03, because he's been around the, the ropes, he's even better than he had been. And, you know, there, there might be better goal – there are better goaltending prospects in prep hockey than him, but because he's an 03, he's been – maybe the best goaltender this year, this season in prep hockey. Um, so he's one there. And then recent UMass Lowell commit Jaden Moriello up at, up at Kimball Union. He's an 03. 
he's a kid that has been in Tim Whitehead's program for a while. He got injured two years ago, missed most of that season, but he keeps getting better, and, and he's a goal scorer. You know, like, you can you can talk about his feet. I've, you know, talked about his feet some too, but I wouldn't want the puck on anyone else's stick if I was a coach um, other than Jaden Moriello if the game was on the line yes. late, in, late, you know, late yeah. in February, early in March. Um, you know, and then Belmont Hill's a little bit younger, but as far as their top guys go, but what what I, what really impresses me is they've had a bunch of guys step up that are O threes that played a little bit the year before COVID ruined last year's season, but you know guys like Cave and Riley and some of those guys, um, Will Kaloran on defense, not household names, maybe never played Division One hockey, but th- those are great depth pieces and they add to some of the O fours and O fives and O sixes on that Belmont Hill team that are more the household names. Uh, one thing I noticed about the Sextons is they're so well coached. You know, right. They're really disciplined defensively and they yeah. do a great job. Ryan Finney does a really good job mm-hmm. in his staff of getting those guys to play to right. defend the middle of the ice yeah. and force teams to try right. to work pucks into that. And that's You yeah. never see them running right. around. Right, for sure. And you know, Brian, it should be noted, Brian Finney's in his first year at Belmont Hill. Uh, took over for Jeremiah McCarthy and added a pretty much whole new staff with Danny Holland and uh, Jerry Pulaski. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of that credit on, you know, the, how they play defense goes to Jerry. He played at Harvard um, on that national championship team in the late eighties. And, uh, you know, they, they do play sound defense. I don't, I'm not sure I've seen them. It helps to have Sam Scope in that. <laughs> no question. But, um, they haven't <laughs> given up more than two goals in any game I've seen them play. You know, I know they've given up more than two a couple times, but it's not often. Yeah. Not often for sure. Yeah, and I, I love that you brought up Jaden Moriello because you and I, I mean, again, it, we're, we both have our own opinions, but right. I think one thing we can agree on, and, and I first saw him Beantown Summer Classic, yeah, and he just works so yeah. hard. And, and, and you talk, you know, sometimes when you look at scouting reports, they talk about players, oh, well, he's good below the dots, right. yeah. or, and that's kind of a euphemism for, well, he doesn't yeah. move, move all. But with him... He, he it's the competitive drive and he just seems to have just such a good feel for where that puck is going to be and right. so he can compensate for maybe the right. the 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 wheels aren't quite right. there like people would like but with his size and his shot and his competing right. it's just dangerous you know like I, i've seen him play a lot and i think the more you the more you see players sometimes the more you nitpick mm-hmm. you know players game and for the most part skating gets more important as you go up up in the levels you know like it, it's it's much easier to kind of get away with having just okay wheels in prep school where then in college it's harder and right. junior hockey it's harder and then the NHL it's obviously really really hard to get away with not having being a great skater but he, he scored some of the nicest goals I've seen all year um one that comes to mind was in the uh consolation game of the flood mar he he just roofed one right yes. into the bar coming down yeah. the right wing and I, I've seen him score a, a whole bunch of goals and like I said, I, I wouldn't want the puck on anyone else's stick. He, other got, than that, that, he got them back in that game. You know, yep. they, they started, you know, they were in the hole, and that's against a Salisbury team like that. You don't want to be in the hole against the Scarlet Knights, right? So, For sure. Yeah, and and last thing on him, I, I think you look at where he's going. I mean, UMass Lowell, you mentioned it, and Saugus kid, and he's going to be, I think, you know, Norm Bazin and, and his his guys are going to be able yeah. to get the most out of him and For he'll sure. be able to work in. And, yeah. you know, you, you look, if a, if a guy like that goes to the wrong system or the wrong right. school, it could be tough, but yeah. I think he'll be a For good sure. fit there. And, and I, you, you mess Lowell does such a good job of making their players 
become older and play junior hockey before they they go to Lowell. So I think after a year, maybe two years in in the USHL or the BCHL, Jane and Moriella will keep getting better, work on that skating, and I expect them to be a, a goal scorer in Hockey East. Yeah, well, that makes two of us. So let's let's go back. We you talked about Connor Callahan and and how he was you know succeeding. You know, again, key key element. You know. He, he is a post grad, but he's yeah. he was there. Right. He's used to it. He knows knows what to expect. The coaches know what they can get out of him, and, and right. it's interesting because he was split in time with uh, Brendan Holohan and uh, in Mid Fairfield in the yeah. fall, right? Good, good, good goalies, but you don't you maybe I didn't see this coming. Right. Um, so let's talk about Avon Old Farms and in terms of what they're what they're doing, what you've seen. I mean, I've I've you've seen them more than I have, although I was there at their. At their holiday tournament, so I have gotten some some live looks. But right. uh, just what do you, what do you what are you seeing out of them? Why are they so successful again? Right. I mean, you know, John Gardner and that program speaks for itself. They've John's won a whole bunch of hockey games. Been there a long time. I, I really like their depth up front. I think they have a couple of key pieces on the on the blue line, and then obviously Callahan, like we talked about. But you have a, an older team for the most part. Um, Joe Connor's been their leading scorer. He's an 05, but other than that, their their top guys are all 02s, 03s, 04s. Uh, you know, Joe Connor, Penn State commit, Matt DiMarcico, Notre Dame commit, Brandon Ali. You had Charlie Golob, who always gets the most out of his ability. But, you know, I, I look at look at their offense. They have a bunch of guys that can score goals. Like DiMarcico, I've, I've seen him for years with the Pittsburgh Penguins elite before he came up here. Golob, um, Connor, th- those are guys that, that score goals. And, yeah. you know, I think a lot of times people get infatuated with, oh, he's such a great skater and he does this and that. But at the end of the day, if you don't put the puck in the net, you don't win hockey games. Um, and obviously that's being captain obvious, but y- you see it a lot around some of the, the Boston area teams that have some guys that on paper are, are rated highly, but they don't always produce. And I look at these guys at Avon and, a lot of these guys, DiMarcico, Golob included, are guys that get the most out of their ability. They, they might not be the prettiest skaters, but you know what you're going to get from them. They, they give you 100% effort every every shift. Um, so I really like them. There, there's another kid like that who's an 0-2 postgraduate who played at Melrose High the last couple of years. Great athlete. He won a Super Bowl championship at Melrose on the football team. Uh, kid that I, I think is underlooked all the time is Brendan Fennell. Um, you know, he probably won't ever play Division One, but if I was a Division Three school, I'd scoop that kid up so fast. Um, he, he always put up huge numbers at Melrose. He's putting up good numbers, almost a point per game this year. at uh, Avon, just an athlete. He has great instincts. Guys like that, you know, they have um, Nicora, the the Dartmouth commit. They right. just, you know, yeah, uh, good Nick Capasso is a, a good player in his own right. Um, they, they have a lot of depth up front. You look at even the games that I haven't been to. Um, there's always a different guy stepping up. You know the the same cast of characters like Golob, DiMarcico, and Connor have kind of been leading the way. Um, and then I think they have as good of a first D pairing as there is in prep hockey. You know they sometimes aren't always together, but you know Jordan Palmer and Sam Court. Sam Court's a UNH commit. He's more of an offensive defenseman. Um, tries to push the pace. Where Palmer's great skater good defensively brings it physically scored a couple goals the other night in the game um but you know defensive defensemen they have some other guys there that are you know a little bit less down the ring but also good players and like we mentioned Callahan 
I, I, I truly believe Avon's going to be hard to beat in the um, in the postseason in the Elite Eight. Um, you know, I like I said, I think it's they I, just I, come I, at you I, in waves, yeah. right? Right. They just come at you in waves, and I think yeah. you you really illustrated that. Well. I mean, you can just just mentioning all of the the right. forwards they have, and then yeah. the, the D, and I, you know, it's it's, it's interesting, Palmer. New Hampshire kid uh, really impressed me watching him with the River Rats in, in fall. Like just really smooth and, mm-hmm. and and able to get pucks up quickly. And then and then Court is a Western Canadian kid that yeah. probably because of COVID mm-hmm. and what was going on there, he, he probably never comes right. comes. He, he would have stayed in yeah. in the Manitoba Junior League yeah. and committed and gone that route. But because the disru- disruptions mm-hmm. are going on, you get an opportunity to get him in this in this area, and 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 wow, you know, he's he's right. been a revelation. I mean, I think you know, prep school hockey certainly took a hit um, with COVID and some guys choosing to go elsewhere. But I also think there's some there's some Canadians that are down here playing, or some kids from out of the area that are up up in prep school hockey playing that might not have been if uh, not for the situation north of the border. As bad as it's been here, obviously Canada's you know, had way more cancellations, and I, I can't ever remember a kid who's played seven games of junior hockey then come into the, the prep, prep school circuit and, you know, Court played seven games in the Manitoba League last year, and right. now he's playing prep school hockey got a commitment well, to UNH a team out of it. Too. Right. It's not like he was in the, you know, there are some there are some bad teams in the in the yeah. Manitoba League unfortunately and that's the way it is right. in a lot of leagues, but he was, you know, to play 7 games for mm-hmm. for Steinbach is, yeah. you know, like that they're, they're one of the top top clubs right. in that circuit, so that's yeah. saying something for him. Um, right, great. Uh so let's roll on. Uh so we've got, so we know why Avon is. Now I guess I, I, I guess one more thing on Avon. So Brennan Ali, he's he's, mm-hmm. he's an NHL draft prospect, not from the area, Chicago kid. We yeah. we both saw him in his years with Chicago Mission, and yeah. he made the maybe decision to come out, and he committed to Notre Dame earlier in the in the fall. Right. Big name production hasn't really you know the numbers haven't right. been there, but I you know watching him in the holiday uh, tournament there, I I liked what I was seeing in terms mm-hmm. of the lo- the other things you know heavy on right. box and physical and all of that yeah. just didn't translate right. into scoring. Does yeah. that hurt him? Uh, you know, I, I I see the same things you see, but to me, I, I don't understand how an NHL team can sit there and say we're going to draft a kid who's the fourth leading scorer on his prep school team. You know, how, how do you overlook the three guys in front of him and draft him? And I, this isn't to pick on Brennan Ali. He's a great player. He's going to a great NCAA program. Notre Dame does as good of a job as almost anyone. Um, I, I just think that too often NHL scouts become enamored with who looks good and who skates well. And at the end of the day, you have to produce. Um, you know, I, I, I've, a couple of years ago during the whole coronavirus thing when I was bored, I dug deep into the NHL guys from New England and people always talk about late bloomers and who's a good bottom six guy I think Noel Achari is a great example Noel Achari was a quote-unquote late bloomer um he's a grinder in the NHL he put up two points per game at Kent you look around the NHL and guys that played prep school hockey almost every single one of them put up two points per game in, in um prep school hockey and that's not to try to prevent people from having big dreams but it's just it's a reality that if you can't produce in prep school hockey you're probably not going to make the nhl it just boggles my mind that nhl teams keep 
overrating these guys that um, you know don't produce. Like how, how do you how do you you know you overlook guys that are producing more than him? And there's there's plenty of examples around prep hockey. It's not this is not men at Brennan Ali. There's a few other guys that are high in central scouting who are third, fourth, fifth leading scorer in their own team. They, right. It just you know what about those other guys? Yeah. No, I mean, and I think it all comes down to okay, you can have the discussion. It's all where if you're going to draft that guy, where are you right. going to take him? Right? Yeah, and so sure. that's the that's the the age old, and we, yeah. and we know that from our time together right. on the junior side of things. Yeah. Is where you know where how badly do you want right. the guy? Where yeah. should you take him? Yeah, I look at the bean pot the last you know not to get off on a tangent, but a, a prep school alum who was also not from the area. I just saw and I've seen him a bunch in college already, and in the USHL is. Justin Ritzkoian, a Northeastern freshman, he he put up big numbers at Salisbury. He put up big numbers, but he was five ten, right? What, you know, and he got overlooked by a lot of teams. He he should have been drafted way before some of the guys that were six one, six two, and didn't produce. Um, you know, well, he'll get a chance maybe right, to be a free agent. A free agent, right? But hey, that's not a bad segue because, and I, we're going to jump a little bit, but I'll know you'll be able to, to handle this on the fly. But Salisbury has another, uh, another Ritz Cohen, <laughs> Ritz Cohen yeah. right? Now let's talk about him because he's a little different, and right. and I, you know, I really like. I'm looking at this guy, and I'm like, why aren't NHL right. teams talking about him more? Because he actually, you know, the knock on Justin was the, the feet, yeah. Right? Yeah, right? But Dylan, the feet are not a knock for Dylan, not a knock. Um, <laughs> I, I, he's kind. He's a. It's a great segue because he, to me, my my problems with some of the central scouting and who's rated highly is not necessarily based on those guys, but it's that other guys are better. They might not be bigger, um, and I think Dylan Ritzkoian's a great example. He's five nine, five ten, whatever he is, but he thinks the game really well. He skates well. He has skill. He's putting up huge numbers, producing. Huge. Um, power play right he's and he's, he's been consistent um he's just a hockey player yeah i saw him in the fall with the buffalo regals he's the most dangerous player on the ice every single shift um committed to a good college northeastern um it again i i think guys like that should get drafted somewhere in the seventh round sixth round over these guys that are you know six two and not producing um so but Salisbury, they, they're kind of the, for me, the the most intriguing team here because Andrew Will is as good of a coach as there is. Um, they, they've won a whole bunch of prep school championships with him at the helm there. They have, to me, they have two of the more dynamic players in prep hockey this year, and um, Ritz Cohen and Ben Poitras, who's a North, they're both Northeastern commits. They're They're an older team for the most part. They're they're deep. They don't have as much Division One talent as they've had in the past, but they have a they have a great goaltender in Austin McNicholas, who's from the uh, Buffalo area. If they can squeak into the Elite Eight, and they're they're in as of you know right now talking to you, but as long as they squeak into the Elite Eight, I would not want to face them because yeah. you know Andrew Will and Tim Whitehead to me have. Their track record speaks for itself. Um, there's other great coaches in prep hockey, but the, those two guys, they bring in talent. They make talent better. Um, they do a great job year in and year out. And th- with the talent that Salisbury has, you know, like I said, it's not their best team that they've ever had, but they have some good hockey players. And 
they're as well coached as anyone. Well, they had some early season stumbles, and we right. you know, we saw that the flood mar, and all of a sudden, you know, it's like you said, it's that you lose games with this short season. There's no very little margin for error. So, what have right. they done? I think they've won every single game since. Yeah, and well, uh, they, they the you know they they've been tripped up a couple times by Kent, um, right? Once about I don't know two weeks ago. Oh, okay. You know, um, but other than that, they've they've won every game, and Kent's another team we need to talk about a little bit later, but. Um, you know, like I, like you said, like I said, Salisbury, dangerous, dangerous Don't team. Don't want to be yeah. playing them. Don't want to yeah. be playing them if you've been, you know, and again, I, I think of, you know, and Kimball Union, that that consolation game, right. which you made the you made the comment while we were in the stands watching at Flood Mar. Hey, I think everyone thought coming in that this was going to be the, right. this was going to be the, the tournament game. It wasn't, yeah. mm-hmm. but it ended up being living up to the, right. I mean, it went yeah. right down to yeah. the wire, 3-2. Goal scored right. in the last twenty seconds. Yeah. So and in twenty twenty, right before Salisbury won the the last prep school championship, the first round game was Salisbury KUA and uh Salisbury won. So uh, there you go. They've played a lot and I definitely wouldn't be surprised if, if they're playing again this year in quarterfinals, semifinals or maybe even finals. Well, you know, again you just hope that the seeding whatever happens mm-hmm. it'll be later and yeah. so that because it's it's tough when you have such two good teams right like that playing each other early someone's got to lose someone's right. got to go home yeah. right I mean that's kind of how I felt in 2020 that it stinks that this is the first round matchup right New England Hockey Journal's Rinkwise podcast will return after this message Catch the Sacred Heart University Pioneers on the ice this season the Pioneers Division I men and women's hockey programs will not disappoint. Season ticket packages and individual tickets are on sale now at sacredheartpioneers.com. And opening in 2023, Sacred Heart University's Martiri Family Arena, a brand new 122,000 square foot premier skating facility in Fairfield, Connecticut. Learn more at sacredheartpioneers.com. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. Do you want to skate fast? For 50 years, Laura Stam instructors have taught youth players to pros how to skate correctly, powerfully, and fast. Players who attend Laura Stam power skating programs learn how to skate fast by learning how to execute every maneuver in hockey. They become powerful, stable, efficient, and explosively fast skaters. If you can't wait for a clinic, join our subscription skills video service and we'll show you the skills taught at our clinics in an easy-to-use video format with training plans to guide your training. Register or subscribe now at laurastam.com. That's L-A-U-R-A-S-T-A-M-M.com. You can learn to skate fast. (sighs) 
So let's talk Kimball Union. I mean, a little school in Meriden. I've had, you know, I had uh, Tim Whitehead on the mm-hmm. podcast previously. You know, really, I mean, we're talking about an accomplished, accomplished Division right. One college yeah. coach who understands recruiting, yeah. who, you know, knows how right. to coach his teams. What I found oh, really fascinating with him and I brought up was the energy that you see on the bench with him and his assistants yeah. and, and just how they get, how hard they get their right. guys to play. Yeah, I think, you know, like I said, Andrew Wells is a great coach. Tim Whitehead's a great coach. Those two guys have, to me, they've stepped up and they're they're the best in prep hockey right now. And uh, I, Kimball Union's probably got a better roster this year than Salisbury. You know, we we mentioned Moriello earlier in the podcast, but they have Tyler Wishart, Jackson Kirkostas, Duncan Ramsey, Kareem Alizem, uh, uh, really, Dan, I like Daniel, Alizem. right? I Daniel, really like him. Daniel Aru and Goal, um, all all those guys are Division One uh, prospects. And you know, when we were talking to older players earlier, we kind of over overlooked a guy, but Revy Mack in O two right. from Alaska. A lot of longtime prep followers might remember his brother um, Sullivan Mack, who he's now at Cornell, but he was a two thousand on that really good KUA team a couple of years ago. So you know, just like his brother, older. Um, he'll probably have some success in the North American League or BCHL next year and find his way onto a college program as well. Um, they, they just, they're a deep team. I talked about in the power rankings that I did last week. They had one game, they had 13 different guys find the score sheet. Um, really impressive. You know, the, the schedule that KUA plays isn't quite as good as what Salisbury and Avon play, just because the Lakes region's not quite as tough as some of those Connecticut teams. But they've had some good games. They beat Holderness recently in overtime, and Holderness is having a great year. Another team we have to talk about later on. But just KUA, to me, has the offensive firepower to outscore anyone. Their their D might not be quite as um, solid, and their goaltending you know, is good. It's kind of had a bump in the road like you'd expect with an 05. It's hard to... It's really hard to be an 05 goaltender, an 05 period in prep hockey or an 06, but, you know, the 05 goaltender, especially coming down from Canada when you didn't probably didn't play very much last year. But they're a great team, and to me, they're, there's a undisputed top four, in my opinion, as far as who's going to win this uh, Elite Eight. Wow, that's great. And, then, you know, good. Hey, you may not agree, but, you know, opinions are formed by being in there watching, and we just call yeah. it like we see it, yeah. you know. And uh, great thoughts on KUA. Who uh, who do you think is next in in the shoot in terms of a team? I, I've got to think it's the uh, undefeated prep team that, right. that both of us have seen yeah. a good amount of. I mean, Belmont Hills the last undefeated team in prep school hockey. Um, let's start with their goaltender. Sam Scopa might not be six two, might not be six three. Um, he is a really good goaltender, and um, I, I'd love to have him between the pipes if I was a, if I was a coach leading my team into the playoffs. Um, you know, oh five, oh five, right? You know, it's. So what's the difference? You've 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 been around him. You've seen him a lot. You had him this summer. Yeah, Chowder Cup. Like mm-hmm. what? What makes Sam Scopa different from a lot of the goalies, young goalies that right. maybe you've been around? I think he's very even keeled. Um, you know, doesn't. I, I still remember I went to their game against St. Mark's, and I, I've seen Sam Scopa play between the junior eagles the last three years and belmont hill this year i don't know probably close to 50 times and i've never seen him have a worse game he he let in two goals that 
I'm sure he'd love to have back. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure out that he wanted those two goals back. But he, he kept playing. He made a couple nice saves later in the third period. And then James Fisher went down and won it as time was running out. And I, I think that's a key. You know, you're, you're a young goalie. You're, you're going to make, you're a young player, period. You're going to make mistakes. But, you know, he had a game that he probably wants back, but he, he still made that one or two saves later in the game that, you know, some goalies might have lost confidence, um, kind of gun their head out of it. We've talked about some goalies in the past that, you know, are, are mental, are mentally, you know, have some, Issues when right. you know when, when confidence wise when it comes to um, yeah. you know they dwell have, on bad goals right. and then just snowballs. So I, I think that's a key, and I, I also think he works really hard at it. Um, he's quiet in Ned. He I, I I don't think there's a better goalie in prep hockey in terms of rebound control. He eats pucks. He does a good job of being square to shooters. Um, I, I've mentioned it a couple times after games seeing Belmont Hill this year. You, you just don't see rebounds when Sam Scopa's in net. Um, so, you know, I think all of that combined with, you know, we touched on it earlier, but their, their defense is really solid and they, they're well coached. They pay attention to details. Um, you know, Will Kaloran, uh, Tommy Gogan, Jack Bosco, um, Matthew Biotti, um, you know, I, I saw them beat St. Sebastian's in overtime a few weeks ago and Matthew Biotti, that was the best game I've ever seen him play. Um, oh. Was that the know, McManus? The right. McManus and OT yeah. goal? Yeah. You know, Biotti, Biotti's always kind of shown you a little bit of, well, this kid could be good. He's got the tools. He's big. Um, that game, I finally was like, wow, the, this this kid, he was good that game, really good that game. Um, and, you know, I, I think a guy like Will Kaloran, I've talked about it with a few people, his skating might hold him back from Division One, but you ask guys, I've asked a few players around prep hockey or guys that have played against him in the summer and the fall, there's not a harder player to play against. One-on-one defensively, he's very good. He's physical. He's mean. Um, just defends really well. And Perfect unique, name. Right. Killer Killers yeah. is his nickname yeah. from Charlestown, right? Right, so. yeah. And, um, you know, he, he's a guy that you need guys like that. The, um, they're, they're older on D and um, they're going to, that's a solid part of their game. And then you look up front, and they have a couple elite, elite forwards. And Teddy Stegos in 06, who's going to make the national team development program for next year. James Fisher, who's a NHL draft prospect, I think one of the best around here. Um, those are those are big time hockey players. And Ronan O'Donnell's had Ronan a nice O'Donnell, year year for them. Yale. He just yep just committed to Yale. And then you know, we talked about it earlier, but Cave and Riley and. Um, some of those other guys that Markham, Mark, is a yeah, guy Daniel who, Markham, Daniel yeah, Markham right. is you know every time I watch Belmont Hill he does a lot of little right. things. Yeah, you know, and I think he had an assist on that game winner that you talked about. Jake McManus is another player that's skilled. He's younger, but um, the they're they're just a deep team, um, well coached. They're, they're going to be tough to beat. So I saw a game against uh, Brooks, yeah, and it was. Uh, Jake Inzerillo and, and Sam Scopa. Mm-hmm. And uh, Belmont Hill just had Inzerillo under siege. And I think he, you know, 49 shots, he made 47 saves, 3 nothing final, empty netter. But Sam Scopa at the other end only saw 13 shots. Right. But a couple of them were just grade A breakdowns. I think, you know, having played the position badly, uh, but, but having been in that situation where you have to stand there and go long periods mm-hmm. of time 
without seeing shots. Right. The focus, and then just you've got you can't coach to yeah. a goalie to have ice right. water in his veins. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, he either is just ready and he's prepared and he goes and he makes that save. Yeah. When it when the D breaks down or he right. doesn't, and that's another, like Scopa can play under pressure and under duress where he's seeing a lot of shots, but he can also play, yeah, when he you know when he's going long stretches of inactivity, and that's for a young goalie, an O five goalie. I think that's one of the remarkable yep. things he brings to the table for so. sure. So yeah, I mean Belmont Hill, it, it's hard, right, because they're. Were they sixteen zero and two, mm-hmm. somewhere around there? Like the, you know, coming into the final final games, yep. have big target on your back for sure. And like you said, once you go in, okay, that helps you in your in your seedings. Mm-hmm. But once you right. once you start playing those teams, it's it's one and done. So, right. what do you think? Uh, what do you think it will be keys for Belmont Hill to 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 stay in it and not? Uh, not find themselves on the wrong end of, of some scores here. To me, I think Fisher and O'Donnell are the keys. The you know Fisher, I thought, has been really good all, all year. Um, he's had a couple games where he's been a little snake bit, like that game against St. Subs that they, they won in overtime. He didn't have a point, but I thought he was really, really good. Played really, really well, but didn't have a point. I think for, for them to have success in the postseason – Fisher, Stiga, and O'Donnell have to take over, and those have to be the guys that are relied upon and not the, you know, secondary scoring is great, but those three to me have to, if they play well and they produce in the postseason, that's the difference to me for them. All right. Uh, Well, that is a good solid uh, recap of those teams. Now we start getting into teams that are – had good seasons and maybe yep. you, you mentioned them earlier and we're going to bring them up because I've, I've had time for them and I certainly liked a lot of their players and when they were playing in the fall on the junior bulldogs and yep. and, and that's Kent uh, I think that uh, they just uh, they they've you said they, they've beaten a really good team in Salisbury right. multiple times yep. what does the secret to Kent's success do you think so I think Kent's an interesting interesting team because they have I think their top seven leading scorers are all O threes, all O three seniors that have been around for a while. Um, but on the blue line, they have three O sixes playing every night, and two of them play significant minutes and are really good hockey players. But as we talked about with O fives, it's hard to be an O five in prep. It's even harder to be an O six in prep, and they they've had some inexcusable losses. They've they, they've lost to a couple teams that are not very good. That, you know, and like you like you said, they they've beat Salisbury twice, so I think that just is a good example of the fact that it's you're going to be a little bit inconsistent when you have a younger blue line. And um, but I I really like Kent. I think they have some seniors that are that are ball players. They're just they're guys that step up. Uh, Gino McEnery is a Chicago Mission kid who just right. plays the game the right way. He's north south. He plays hard. Um, you Dante Palumbo, guy that's been feel feel like he's been around forever because he's just he's been scoring goals, putting up points. Whether you know Bantam with the uh, the North Jersey Avalanche or up here with the the River Rats and then Yale Junior Bulldogs and at Kent and guy like Max Resnick from Florida who just works his you know works his butt off every shift. Uh, just a hard worker, competes. He scored the game winner in that game against Salisbury in overtime recently. 
he just committed to Tufts. He had Jacob Crafts, another one. Um, Michael Hurst and uh, Cole Watson. You just go down and down the line. Uh, Aiden Hopewell is their starting goaltender. I, I've mentioned this in the in the power rankings. I think they have the best goaltending tandem in prep hockey. Um, you know, Hopewell and um, Harrison Fogel. They they might not individually. They might not be the best goalie, but. The, Together, there you know, there's no there's no better goaltending duo in prep hockey. There's no drop off, right? So um, whoever you're getting, you're getting, you know, you're right. getting a good quality and opponent for sure. And I, I like watching Kent because I think their assistant coach Jake Bennett does a great job recruiting. Um, he works hard. He, he gets Kent hasn't always been the traditional powerhouse like a Salisbury or a KUA or an Avon, but to get guys like Alex Bales and Jacob Ingstrup and um, Aiden Hopewell from non-traditional prep hockey markets, whether it be Washington, D.C. with Hopewell, whether it be Chicago with Engstrup or Buffalo with Bales, um, you know, gets good young players. And obviously the older players that we mentioned, he, you know, helped bring them in as well. So he does a great job and um, a lot of credit to, goes out to him in terms of what he's done for their recruiting efforts. And they're, they're a fun team to watch. I'm not sure they can win three in a row. Um, yeah, I, They certainly can, but... I think they're just a slight step below the Avons and the. Um, the other thing is, if if they play Salisbury again, I, I'd be surprised if they can beat them three. I, I just it's hard for anyone to beat a team three times. So this isn't this isn't a knock on Kent. I really like Kent, but you can't. It's hard to beat a team three times, especially when you're somewhat even evenly matched. I think the first the second game on overtime. I think the first game was pretty close too. Engstrup and Bale. I mean, 06D, like, I mean, you know, you, you knew they were good, right. but they were playing 15 you know, yeah. they were playing against their peers, right? right? So how impressed have you been with them? Uh, you know, and it, it was some adjustment. I, I know right. I saw Engstrip early yeah. early in the season. I think we were both watching yeah. that game in Exeter, and we yeah. both remarked, well, he started started well and then, yeah. you know, got a little, right. little challenging. Yeah, I think, like, like you should, like it was expected, they've had some bumps on the road, but they've both been really good. Ingstrup's more than held his own defensively, and you know Bales is just really solid with a lot of upside. So they're both two two impressive players. I agree. It'll be interesting. So we, who do we want to who do we want to go to now? We've pretty much we've moved out of the the really like I would say the the top yeah. tier. Now I'd, we're in. in I'd like one. to quickly talk about you know Saint Sebastian's yeah, and Nobles, yeah. Holderness, Saint Mark's, Cushing Perfect. Dexter. Yep. Um, I think all those teams, you know, they're not all in the tournament if it started today, but, you know, there, there's some wiggle room there at the bottom. I think to start with Holderness, um, they're having a great season. Alan Thompson's program, they've only lost two games up there. Um, a, a team that's been around, I saw them lose a few years ago in the uh, small school championship game to Tilton. They've had some good players over the year. Every once in a while they'll get a Division one guy, uh, like they have a guy in Youngstown right now, um, Carter Rose, who played at Holderness. He's a New York kid committed to Clarkson, and, you know, great program up there. Um, so they always have that, you know, every couple of years they have that one guy that, you know, gets to Division one. But this year's team is an older team, a lot of a lot of O twos, O threes, guys that I've seen play high school hockey around here before making the jump up there. Um, but I saw them beat Exeter in overtime. You know, I think they're they're a sleeper. You know, they're they're a team that I wouldn't expect to win, but they definitely have a chance. Um, you know, to make some noise in that first round game. And guy that I think is worth kind of showcasing is David Brands. Their their top defenseman. He's an offensive D. 
Um, I, I was impressed by him in the game against Exeter. I, I expect he's a Canadian, an 04 Canadian. I expect him to be in the BCHL next year, and a guy that maybe an Atlantic Hockey School can uh, can look at down the road. Um, then you know, kind of jumping back to the Boston area, St. Sebastian's is a team that almost certainly, barring anything funky happening here in the last couple games, will make the Elite Eight. They, they have a ton of talent. Um, no shortage of talent. Guys like Harvard commit Michael Callow, Princeton commit Brendan Gorman. Um, they have one of the better 07s in prep hockey and Teddy Mutrin. Um, Nolan Joyce is a BC commit. He's one of the leading scorers among D. Um, Will Elias is one of those 03 D that have been around. He's been around the, the block. Um, good player. Th- they have the talent to win. Um, you know, again, it's it's hard to win three games in a row. But, uh, yeah, I, I kind of want to showcase Brendan Gorman here a little bit. You know, he's an 03. He's not on central scouting. He's not, you know, he's always kind of been under the radar a little bit. You know, when he was on that 03 Eagles team with guys like Timmy DeLay and Jack Hughes, who are obviously great players. Jack Hughes is going to be first round NHL draft pick and DeLay's in the USHL this year. He never really got the kind of attention he deserved, but he's putting up over two points per game. And every game that I've gone to, he's been really good. Um, so, you know, kudos to Gorman. Uh, he's had a great senior year, and he's going to go straight into Princeton um, in in the fall. Yeah, not surprising. And based on watching him, he's right. Yeah, like he right. can do that, and uh, he's plays that 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 top line of him yep. and Jaden Greer and Michael Callow has right. been like they they get a lot of ice time. But yep. you know, when you get a lot of ice time, you better produce. And it gets back right. to what you were talking yeah. about. He's producing I mean, right. It, it, at the end of the day, if you put over, I don't care what the competition. And Saint Subs plays a good schedule, but I don't care what the what the competition is. If you're putting up over two points per game, you're a really good hockey player. And uh, Brendan Gorman's a good hockey player. He's been playing with a lot of pace. You know, he just right. goes he goes harder than that. But he, you know, he, he what I like about that line, like you, they feed off of each other pretty right. well, and they yep. move pucks quickly, yep. and they feed they they complement each other right. well. It isn't one or two guys; it, all yep. three are working pretty well together. And, and Callow is a you know Harvard commit, like I said. Um, I think he has four or five hat tricks on the year. You know, if if he gets hot and he he finds the back of the net a couple times, th- that's a tough team to beat. Uh, you know, he's six mm-hmm. three power forward when when he's on his game. He's, he's really good. Okay. Uh, Nobles is kind of an interesting one because they started off undefeated. They were, you know, a lot of people thought they were the best team in prep hockey after they won the Floodmar. Um, they have Ben McDonald centering that top line. He missed a few games with an injury. Um, but I to me, he's the best NHL draft prospect in prep hockey this year. Um, just a complete smart player whose skating keeps getting more and more dynamic every time you watch him. I, I just think the sky's the limit for him. He'll he'll keep getting better. Um, they have some other older players that are are keys to them, like Roman Ticelli, Drew Haxton, Austin Tasca, um, on, on D eight and Lions who committed to Bowden a little bit ago, and they've they've got some really good young players that are intriguing, like Ben Nakata and um, Dennis Davidson and Joe Mentz on D. Um, the goalie Thatcher Bernstein was really, really, really good at the beginning of the year. He's he's had some lumps here lately, um, but like I said, that's to be expected when you're in 06, 06 facing. You know, some nights he's facing shots that are coming at him from guys that are four years older than him, and it's I I think it's important in prep hockey to realize when you're evaluating younger players, it you know they're not facing just 06s like when you go to a midget game around here. Um, 
they're facing guys that are four years older than them that you know are going to be playing division three college hockey next year um you know or junior hockey next year um so like i said i think bernstein's a good goalie he's obviously you know been kind of pulled he's been pulled a few times lately but he's a good goalie and if they get hot again they, they proved it earlier in the year by winning the flood mar and some other key games early in the year um they're they have to get in because they're they're falling but um if they get in they're a dangerous team yeah right now and bernstein kind of played his way like he wasn't a household name right. in the fall right yeah. like he was playing on that junior e- that other junior eagles yeah. team and you know he kind of like just the way he started i, I right. went and saw a scrim at him play a scrimmage and i was like oh yeah you know, like he was really good in that mm-hmm. in that scrimmage game and then he carried it over right with the start right. so and i think three more teams to kind of touch on quickly as dark horses is st mark's they're they're i think 10th or 11th in the power rankings um in the prep power rankings that decide the field but um if they get in they're they're a really good hockey team well coached by carl corzini but um michael fisher is the leading scorer among defensemen in prep hockey princeton commit really really good skater big kid um right shot and then i yeah i mentioned mutrin earlier as an 07 to me it's undisputed the top two 07s in prep hockey this year are richard gallant and Teddy Mutrin and Richard Gallant for a while was putting up over two points per game and like I mentioned St. Mark's doesn't have the the best schedule in prep hockey but if you're putting up two points per game I'm impressed no matter what but I'm, I'm really impressed if you're an 07 putting up two points per game and the couple times I've seen them this year what stood out to me about Richard is yes he's skilled yes he can skate well yes he sees the ice well but he didn't back down from anything and a big game with a whole bunch of college coaches and NHL scouts there against Belmont Hill. He got knocked down a few times, got right back up, gave it gave it back physically, um, made some plays. You know, he's not a guy that's just getting lucky and producing because he's on a good line. He's he's the driver of that line. He's a he's a really good hockey player. He's been on the line for the most part with uh, Dom Murphy, who's a center committed to Holy Cross, and Andrew Gibbons in 05, who's another. Another kid that just scores goals, kind of over exceeds his ability to play. Um, and then they've got a guy on their on their second line who's a pretty good center, and Jimmy Liver um, played Cape Cod Whalers in the fall, and he's a good player. You know, he's not always the household name, but it seems like whether it's with the in fall hockey or if if it's prep school hockey, he's always scoring goals. Yeah, no, and he was there the other day. Yep. One nothing game against right. Cushing. He he was exactly where he needed to be, right, right. at the net. Yep. And Fisher, Michael Fisher, yep. shot came in, rebound, and boom. You know, St. Mark's plays their top two lines, and they play Fisher on D a lot, mm-hmm. and they don't have the depth that the other teams do. So they're it's the, the road's going to be hard. It's going to be an uphill climb for them to win. But um, I, I believe they're in the small school division if they don't make the Elite Eight and. They're they're going to be tough to beat in that small school division. All right, um, and then uh, Cushing, they, they were a team that was in the top eight for the m- most of the season. They've fallen a little bit lately. They've had some losses to um, Exeter and, like you said, St. Mark's, um, Salisbury too. Yep, yeah, Salisbury. Um, you know, but Jackson Irving's <laughs> a really good goaltender. Um, he, he can when he's on his game, he can help them win a couple of games, and then. I've been impressed with their first line center, Billy Norcross, who's an 03, an older player, committed to Boston College. He's had a good year, and then a couple of younger guys that I've 
I've noticed every game is uh, Landon Resenda is a late 05, high skill, good motor, um, and then Linus Dedanos is a late 04 from from Europe who I've really liked. He's uh, got a good stick and he's he's been scoring at about a point per game clip. Um, and then Ethan Gardula an 05, just kind of power forward, you know, drives the net, plays plays the game the right way. Um, so those are some guys to look at on Cushing. If, if they can make it in, and if not, they'll they'll be one of the top teams in that large school tournament. And then, then lastly, I think the last kind of dark horse is Dexter, because Dexter does have a ton of skill. Their goaltending's been an issue this year between injuries, uh, COVID protocols, equipment issues. I, I've seen their, I think I've seen more of their third-string goaltender than I can imagine anyone else's third-string goaltender playing, and it's a, it's a freshman, and not to take anything away from him, but he's had to he's had to play when I'm sure going into the year Danny Donato didn't think his third string goalie would get much ice time. Um, but they have guys up front like Grayson Badger is one of my favorite players, just a hard worker. Um, you know, gets the most out of his ability, and then you got, you got Will Hughes, Colin Wilson, um, guys like that, and on D Fusco, and I think one of the best defensive pro- prospects in prep hockey can't. Can't go an episode without mentioning him as Sean Cohane. Um, so he's good. a late 04. He won't be eligible for this year's draft. But if if I had to put a number on it for, for next year's draft, for prep hockey, obviously he's going up against guys like Will Hughes and Ryan Leonard that are 05s in the NTDP. But um, Sean Cohane is the best 2023 draft prospect that's playing in prep hockey this year. No, I I couldn't agree more saw them play palm fret and that was the best game i've seen mm-hmm. him play yeah and he's played like he's right. been great like, yeah. like that how do you raise the bar i've been right. watching him all year and then he he just was really yeah like i think if he continues like his trajectory's up is headed right. up so yeah. if he if he continues it then yeah. Yeah, he keeps getting better every viewing for me and he's always been intriguing and you've always seen the size and the skating ability and the stick defensively, but he's starting to produce offensively this right. year. And, um, yeah, so, like I said, you know, them and Cushing are kind of on the outside looking in right now, but that could be a matchup to watch in the um, large school. One, one last team that I we, we briefly mentioned earlier, but Brunswick. Yeah. They're a team that was in the top eight of the prep playoff positioning all year. They've had some tough games lately. They're they're similar to Kent in that we mentioned it earlier, but they're just so young that they've had they've had some hiccups here. Right. And um, but they have two good goaltenders and Brendan Hollihan, who you mentioned earlier, and um, Will Baker, um, and then obviously Hank Cleves and Brendan Giles and um, Eli Friedman and Drew Del Sala, Sean Gibbons, James Shannon up front. Uh, you have Lucas St. Louis on the blue line. Um, some of these kids, like St. Louis, played games in the USHL. This is a good right. team. With Sloan a, Farmer. Yeah, um, really good roster. Um, they're, they're, to me, the top team in the large school tournament if they don't make the Elite Eight. Okay. And, but it'll be fun. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I was going to ask you on Della Sala. He's a he's a really good, you know interesting. He's an 06. Mm-hmm. And do you think what do you think his chances are of making the national team? Probably on the outside looking in, but I think he's he's for sure a forty man camp invite. Okay, fair enough. And probably you know he's you know a lot of D one, a lot of D one oh, yeah. schools are going to be on I, him. I would he'll... imagine Harvard and Michigan and BC and BU and all the all the usual suspects of 
top programs in college hockey that recruit that area, you know, um, they'll be on them. Yeah. Or already are on them. Yeah. No, he's got some impressive tools for sure. Well, uh, you know that this has been a really good uh, good episode. I think we've covered a lot of ground. We've talked about a lot of different things. Jeff, can't thank you enough. Again, your analysis. Now, no one's no one's in the rink more than you are, my friend. And uh, that. you know, yeah, no, it's uh, it gives you. It gives you a lot of insight, a lot of perspective, and uh, yeah, um, it's been been really uh, really interesting to hear, you know, who we think are are going to be the contenders, and you know, look, we just want to see good hockey games, right? And so, may the best teams win. And yeah. uh, is there anything else that uh, you're intrigued uh, intrigued as the as they finalize the field and we see the last bit of games here in the in the schedule before playoffs hit? No, not not really. I just kind of you touched on it a little bit in the opening but how how much i've enjoyed covering prep hockey this year because it, it, it you missed that chance to watch a trophy being you know raised last year um and just you know the flood mar the saint subs tournament the uh avon tournament the the true prep cup that some of the prep school teams played in it, it was fun to be in the rink and watching a championship on the line because last last year you know some of the midget teams kept charging on all the junior but like there there was no no end game for any of those teams um and it, it's fun to watch some of the we mentioned some of them but th- there have been some really good hockey games in prep school hockey this year and great exposure for the kids college coaches are at all you know most all the games nhl scouts are at most all the games it's it's still a great 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 take for kids in in new england um prep hockey is still really good it you know might not have been as high end as it had been in the past but there's still a lot of good players and they'll still be over probably six seven guys that get drafted this uh this june out of prep hockey great well i couldn't uh, think of uh, closing out any better so he's jeff cox i'm kirk ludicky and until next time uh, we will see you at the rink Thanks for listening to New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. Follow us on Twitter at NE Hockey Journal, on Instagram and Facebook at New England Hockey Journal, and subscribe to New England Hockey Journal online at hockeyjournal.com. New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise is a Siemens Media Podcast.